3D6 down the line. All right. What's up, everybody? everybody? Welcome back. Uh, this is session one, officially, of Dolmenwood, where we actually get to start yes! role-playing instead of creating characters. Uh, so the first time we've been playing a role-playing game online, or uh, uh, over the internet, uh, since April. So this should be pretty fun, I hopefully. So we have our characters here. Um, let's go around the horn. We have uh, David has Snell Mugclump the Hunter. Um, we have uh, Matt has Halifax Swinney, the Dolmenwood Knight or Squire, uh, Knight-to-be. Ted has Argus Dreger, uh, a fighter from the town of Dreg. And we have uh, Elfric Burthistle, a magic user. Uh, all... Recent travelers into Dolmenwood, some of them local, some of them not, but all of you guys, we're going to make it really, really brief. You guys, um, for whatever reasons, have met upon the road, uh, the the road that leads from Castle Brackenwold, which is the capital of the Duchy of Brackenwold, which uh, encapsulates all of Dolmenwood, plus a little bit more. Um, and you have traveled into the into the bounds of, within, underneath the bowels of Dolmenwood and have arrived at the bustling town in the dead center of Dolmenwood, known as Prigwart. Um, as you can see on the map, uh, Prigwart is... Uh, let's see if I can get a figure out the pointer here. Does that work? No. I thought I had a pointer here. Hold on. There it is. Oh, well, it's right around here. Oh, there you go. Can you guys see that? Okay, cool. All right, so it's basically right in the center of town. So, um, Prigwart is a probably the largest town that is within the actual bounds of Dolmenwood. Um, it is definitely the second largest uh, compared to Castle Brackenwold. Um, it's situated in a hilly clearing in the deep woods, um, and in, it is a market town because it's at the uh, uh, conjunction of many roads that travel through the forest, um, and it's famed... Uh, uh, Domen wide for its breweries, inns, and taverns. Um, it has a town wall that has been built around it, um, and it's full of twisting alleys, crooked stairways um, that weave between kind of quaint wooden cottages and high gabled inns, um, and all are decorated with these uh, super colorful um, heraldry and elaborate wood carving, and all the heraldry basically is uh, depicting the seven houses, uh, the seven noble brewing houses, the town itself is actually ruled by a council of, uh, the elevated council of brewers. So everyone, every citizen of town basically aligns themselves with one of these brewers. Um, so the spirits that are produced um, in these brewing houses are coveted domen wide, not just in Dolman Wood. So, uh, and everyone wants to know the secrets of how they, they brew these delicious spirits. Um, one of the reasons that is known is that because of many rare herbs and spices that are added to these drinks can only be found within the deep depths of Dolmenwood, which Prigwort has access to. But other folks whisper that uh, what truly makes these spirits so well regarded is that there is fairy magic within them and that they, uh, the elevated council has some sort of compact with a fairy lord um, that provides uh, special ingredients from the realm of fairy itself. So... Uh, this is the town to which uh, you guys have traveled. 
Um, what we're going to do first, and this is going to be a big part of the campaign, is I we are going to randomly determine what the starting date of the campaign is. So we have no idea what season it's going to be. Um, we will determine the actual date, uh, the time of year, and then we will determine the weather for the day. That's the first thing we're going to do, and it's going to be completely random. Uh, so let us uh, hit the calendar here. And I need someone to either roll me on a real die or in Albert Rodeo um, a D12 to determine what month of the year we're in. I got it. Are you doing Albert or real? Albert. Albert, okay. I'm ready. It's February. Huh? That was dumb. Why did I leave home in the middle of winter? February. What'd you get? Two? I Limewald. All right. I'm assuming that's February. It is. It is. Do yeah. we be in the the southern hemisphere of wherever we are? So that's uh... deep winter. Roll me a D thirty. Right. Um. And you freeze to death before you reach town. New characters. Albert doesn't have a D thirty, so I'm just gonna roll a D thirty. Right on. I got the ninth. The ninth of Limewald. All right. Uh, let's see if that is a feast day. Well, not oh, day, right? it is. It's a feast day. It's the Feast of St. Calafretus, of course. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Let's see who Calafretus is, shall we? Uh, let's see. Where would that be? Pelate Saints Info, I believe. Indeed. Calafretus is a minor saint uh, known as uh, the Confessor. The Confessor. So... Not worshipped here uh, in in Prewart, unfortunately. So the town is not in a state of is not celebrating it at all. It's basically freezing cold. But let's see what the actual weather is, shall we? Um, let's see. Winter. Uh, someone roll me two d six, please. I'll do it. Uh, that will be a two. Total. Oh snap! You rolled a one and a one. I rolled two ones. All right. Um, it is a deep freeze with hoarfrost. Oh! Yeah. Mud Club loves a good freeze. So it is unseasonably cold. Now, um, I should say that... Where's the thing in the seasons here? This, I don't think that normally winter is supposed to be too bad. Yeah, so winter in Dolmenwood... Um, uh, even in the depths of winter, the waters of the wood uh, seldom freeze, um, and the the growth of moss and fern that form uh, fern that forms like the the bed of the forest um, fends off the worst of the cold. Um, snowfall is relatively common in the months of Limewald and Hagrime, but it seldom piles that deep. So um, it's just like every once in a while you get these really bad cold snaps, um, and that's what you're in the middle of right now. So there's no precipitation, but it's extremely cold out, right? Like uh, you're basically one of those things like where your breath like freezes on your, on your, um, on your facial hair and all that kind of good stuff. And the tree, the trees, of course, have shed all of their leaves, and it's just like that muffled quiet that you would have in a uncivilized world where you you know you don't it, everything doesn't just turn to slush automatically like it does in new york city um so it's got that muffled kind of quiet to everything and you can see your breath puffing out as you as you arrive into town and most right thinking folk aren't about right now because it's so cold out 
Um, and <laughs> you know, uh, those of you who are actually from Dolmenwood, and I would say that definitely um, that... Uh, um, uh, I was going to say Sir Halifax, but he's not Sir yet. Um, Halifax. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm getting, working on it. You're getting there. Um, Halifax, you definitely would be from Dolmenwood because you are actually sworn to House Harrowmore, which is the no, the human noble house that actually has control nominally over Prigwart. Um, Castle Harrowmore actually lies upon the groaning lock to the to the to a few miles north of the town itself. But Lady Harrowmore, the ruler of the house, actually um, uh, usually lets Prigwart run its own businesses as long as they pay their taxes um, there. She's fine with that getting in their faces about things but you um in particular um would associate the deep cold with the stories of the cold prince which are fables that are told uh, all around the wood about uh, the the dark and terrible um uh cold prince of winter who was a uh, fairy noble that uh, thousands of years ago actually ruled uh, uh extended his rule from feria fairy and actually uh ruled over Dolmenwood and put an icy cover over it for many, many hundreds of years until he was defeated by um, a compact of different peoples uh, and sent him back to his uh, realm of Phrygia. Um, but people, uh, nannies and and grandfathers scare their children with stories about how if you don't behave, the cold prince will come back and wreak his vengeance um, and that he just he sits there in Phrygia just burning with a desire to come back to the mortal world and wreak vengeance upon people. So um, during the cold months, that's that, those are the stories that are shared around the fire about uh, the cold prince. Um, all right. So it's freezing cold. Nice. Okay. You're welcome. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate that. <laughs> He's a wonderful once. He's a wonderful February. <laughs> all I'm saying is I love winter. It's great. Don't, don't get it. Yeah, this just means we can go ice fishing. Yeah, exactly. Good thing, uh, yeah, good thing I got that, uh, that fishing, fishing tackle, right? <laughs> this is why I left drag. I don't want to stand around in a stupid, crummy town anymore. I want to go fishing. Let's get out yeah, there, man. Let's go. John, if, if you need to know this, buddy, my one spell is shield. Shield. You memorize shield. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um, let me write Not that down. Warm cell or melt snow. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any cool spells like that, dude. Uh, I will say that because it's been cold for a while, that all of you have like free cold weather clothing, right? Um, as long oh, as you, as, as long as you're not exposed for too long, I'm not going to apply any penalties for being out in the cold unless you're like, <laughs> you're like out there for a long time. Um, but basically, that's you, good. Otherwise, you, this would be a really short. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for whatever reason, you have decided to brave the cold and leave Castle Brackenwold to go into the deep wood. And so you you basically hooked up with some other fellow travelers, maybe a merchant caravan or something, and you have traveled along the, one of the very few main and uh, well-maintained roads. Um, and after uh, a couple nights of a brutal snowstorm that hit um, uh, on the road, you guys have finally made it um, to a safe haven in Prigwart. You are freezing, frozen to the bone. Um, and all you want is somewhere warm to place uh, your butt. Um, and so you enter into the town. Now, it's not exactly the most welcoming scene, um, but you are quickly able to find out that they're um, almost as well-known. They are almost as well-known for their uh, unique and interesting places of respite as they are for their spirits, in which, these, in, in which they're all sold. 
Uh, so you find one that is actually on the outskirts of town to the north, beyond the wall itself, that actually uh, is right up against the the um, the the trees themselves, called the Clashed Antler. Uh, so the Clashed Antler is a rustic two-story building. Um, it has black oak, basically black oak timbers, like really solid looking. The sign is two stags with locked antlers. One of them is purple and one of them is orange against a backdrop of blue stars. Um, and it's sort of swinging in the cold wind. Um, and you can hear the sounds of merriment and you can uh, see the light pl uh, playing in the windows um, in the very uh, low-grade uh, window glass. Um, uh, and you notice that the main building itself actually extends to the west um, and actually opens up into an open-air beer garden. Um, and there are that are with a bunch of tables that are actually made out of wagon wheels. There's not anyone out there right now, but you do see that there are a number of kind of decrepit-looking, um, but cozy-looking cottages that are actually dotted amidst the beer garden as well. They actually look like private little cottages, like like like, like rooms. Um, John, you said this was a festive time. It, it's a feast day, no? but no one no no one worships Calafreitas. No one really. There's no shrine or church to Saint Calafreitas. There's here. no like decor or anything like that. No, yeah, no. So what it, wouldn't, you, it wouldn't be like forbidden, but just not. It's just not. It. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically um, ordinary merriment inside, not like a the feast day merriment. Right. The feast right. day is not being celebrated here. Um, so you have basically entered through the eastern gate, which is called the Hort, uh, the Horseye Road. Is basically the main road that connects Prigwort to Castle Brackenwald. You entered in from the eastern side. Um, and traveled through the town into the main market square where you saw the main town hall, which if you've seen any of like the big town halls of like, I'd say like Amsterdam or Prague, where they're, they're very sort of um, florid affairs with like clocks and sculptures and heraldry kind of draped all over the place. That's what the town hall, hall sort of looks like. It's obviously that it fronts a main square that under normal circumstances, perhaps on a certain day of the week, there would be a market set up, but none was there today. And um, you you found word, though, from the few passers-by that the Clash Chandler is a pretty reputable inn. And you saw them sort of look you up and down and kind of size up, like, how much money you probably had on you. And they and they recommended that the Clash Chandler is probably what you're looking for. But there's other <laughs> there's other ones, but there's you probably want to go for the Clash Chandler. So they, what they basically directed you to do, surprisingly enough, was to actually go north through the Groaning Gate and back outside of town. Um, so you actually go through the gate, past the wall, and you notice that there's actually... A substantial amount of dwellings that are that are beyond the 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 wall of the town uh, in the northeast section, one of which is the clashed antler, and you see that um, these dwellings that are outside the main wall are actually bounded what by what appears to be a half-built wall of shoddy quality, um, it, like like a, like an, another wall was being built but then abandoned basically. So mm. the clashed antler is right up against this sort of half-built wall. And sort of the beer garden sort of spreads out beyond that wall and into the forest itself, right? Um, so that's what you're sort of looking at. So just kind of you're on the north end of town, but beyond the wall itself. Um, and uh, all you can see and what's drawing you in, almost making your mouth water, is the uh, the light of a warm fire. What do you do? Absolutely. I'm that's for me. Let's go get a bowl of brown. 
take the snow off our coats and go on inside. Yeah, I'm going to kick, kick my boots at the door. Cool. Clean, up, clean them off a bit. Thankfully, you don't have any horses to stable yet, so you don't have to worry about that. Oh, yeah, it's so nice. <laughs> my, All right. my mustache just grows into my beard. So, away. What a saved ourselves a ton of inconvenience. You noticed, um, um, Elfric, this morning when you woke up on the trail, uh, when you were some miles away from the town itself, that there a strange feeling went through you, a sensation that you attribute to hearing, but you know it wasn't something that your ears picked up. But you could swear that deep down inside, you heard from all ends of the forest when you were just miles away from the town, the moaning of the dead. And when you may have surreptitiously told some of the people that you learned to trust on the road, which are your fellow PCs here, um, that, you know, asked them, like, did you feel something weird as well? None of them could actually confirm that. And that kind of gave you a strange look. I just want to put that out there. After us, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a tin hat? Of any sort. Uh, I do. Like, uh... It's standard standard equipment for a magic user at first level. That's our I think, armor. I think it's the cold. The cold's <laughs> just sinking in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just your bones, your bones chattering. Sean, I've been I've been I've been fingering my magic or I've been fingering my uh your what? Uh, cross with, <laughs> yeah. My Please my cross with the nails like hammered into it. Okay. I've been like holding it and rubbing it and staring apprehensively into the forest nice are you are you a pious a pious magic user that'd be kind of an interesting thing i don't know that was like my trinket that i got but yeah i, I know, guess i'm I extremely super yeah why not that'd be, uh, that'd be kind I, of I cool actually i've never seen that before piety i i use my ventriloquism only for the powers of good <laughs> <laughs> are you, i'll give you this chance this one chance to change your memorized spell to ventriloquism <laughs> <laughs> no no right. shield shields up captain okay all right, so um, so yeah, yeah, I, I put that out there. So it always seems like the moaning is distant, like you never seem to get closer to it. it never seems like it's right in your ear. It's like it's somewhere beyond the next hill. Like you hear like the like the you know that sort of sound um, somewhere deep within you though. So it's very unnerving. Um, it kind of gives you a headache, and so um, everyone's sort of in a foul mood, but you have the foulest um, because of this. Um, yeah. All right, so. Uh, as you open the main thick black timber doors and the warmth and sound of of uh of uh merriment and food and warm uh, warmth kind of barrel out towards you and all eyes turn to see who is coming in from the cold and letting in the cold for that matter um uh i'd like each of you just to give me like maybe two sentences of to just kind of sort of sums you up like what like what people would see like it, it could be like what you look like, or it could be like your personality, um, or just you know, it doesn't have to be a full description. Just sort of like like a really quick brief on on each of you. Anyone, anyone can go if you like. You want to do it in order, John? Uh, sure. You want me to? Dir I'll, I'll direct you. Yeah, um, I think that's right. Let's go, uh, Mike first. Okay, um, I am. Are we looking? I'm sorry. Descriptions and just kind of like what... when people when people turn towards you, okay. what are they seeing? I look like an escaped apprentice. I look like someone that is probably left uh, left my apprenticeship early, and I am on the road. Um, my clothes were once uh, in good quality, but now they're tattered and stained with the road. Mm -hmm. um, all and athletic with a discerning eye, and yet uh, I seem to be extremely absent-minded. 
Cool. Uh, so is it really obvious that you are an arcane caster or you do you just happen to be or are you wearing like very like utilitarian I, travel? I'm wearing stuff? I'm wearing like basically what you would uh, see a townsperson wear. Like that might be like clerk or something like that. I'm like not robes with like stars and moons and all that stuff, but I probably look like a clerk's apprentice that has absconded with the master silverware kind of thing. Cool. And do you carry an actual physical book or are your spells in some other different form? Oh no, it's an actual like very classic spell book, but it is in my in my backpack. In your pack, okay, cool. Yeah, got it. Cool. All right, next up is David uh, Snell. I think Snell uh, would uh, appear. Uh, he's he's sort of like an Irish wolfhound in, in human form. He's he's <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a muddied, greasy haired, not uh, mildly disheveled individual. Uh, uh, who uh, uh, one might expect uh, uh, to uh, rob them on the street, but uh, carries himself in a way that seems disinterested. So you look sort of like a like a highwayman, sort of. A little bit. I think he's a little little greasy. Yeah, precisely. So, but but you don't look like a barbarian. You look like you look like you're. No, no. I'm wearing. I'm right. I'm wearing regular clothes. Right. right. I have leather yeah. armor. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying I. I look. Um, primal one anyway right. i'm just saying that i am unbathed and uh unconcerned about that fact we'll put it that way cool right comfortable in the muck of my profession got it awesome all right uh next is ted all right so uh, argus is a relatively ordinary looking fellow on the scrawny side a bit pale with a perpetually running nose <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's got you know heavy armor and a a red cloak, um, short hair, long mustache, bushy eyebrows. Nice. Bushy eyebrows, love it. What, did you get plate mail? I did. Nice. Wow. Cool. That's got to be especially festive on a cold February day. Yeah, that's got to <laughs> feel good. <laughs> well, fortunately, it's got all that you know padding underneath it. Right. And I think last is probably another plated individual, uh, Halifax. Uh, yeah, so uh, Halifax. Um, at first glance, you'd think, oh, okay, yeah, you know, he's a, a, a you know a squire, you know, work, uh, working to uh, 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 make his name, make his family's name. But um, uh, on uh, closer look, he he's a little older than a squire really should be. <laughs> not like not like like too old, right. but you know, it seems like he probably should have. He should be off have the made apron. it by, yeah, off the apron springs, yeah. spring strings, and um, yeah, his his uh, you know he's 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 wearing the plate, and at first glance, you know, the plate looks fine. You get closer, it's kind of like mismatched. Um, you know, try he he's tried to make it look kind of better than it is, but this is definitely like secondhand, uh, pieced together plate mail. Cool. Uh, he's got the uh uh. uh Kind of uh, longish brown hair, uh, 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 full uh, uh, beard and mustache, and uh, uh, yeah, he just uh, comes in uh, 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 shivering from the cold, but very, uh, very happy, and uh, smile broadens when he's nice. All right, so you're actually fully bearded, like you know when you picture squires, you always picture like scrawny little kids, right? So does everyone? I always, I always think this is like a, like a telltale thing. Like picture picture a character in your mind is is facial hair, right? If you're playing a guy, like is, is there anyone here who is not uh, bearded? Or, like doesn't have facial hair? 
Okay, you you don't like the the woodsman. The woodsman doesn't just have just couldn't couldn't ever grow it. <laughs> it's you know, it's and, all and patchy. Yeah. 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 Is that what it is that you can't? Yeah. I've got a couple teeth missing. Uh, I often like you know stick a piece of grass in there. I can I can do a special whistle. That's sort of a parlor trick. But uh, yeah, just the, you know maybe I was maybe I just uh, came out inverted when I was born. Who knows? Something something in my. Uh, or you know what would be cool is like if that's the one thing, like the one vanity you have is that you use like your hunting, you know, your paring knife or whatever like that to always shave in the morning. Like that's the only thing. You like you don't bathe. You know what I mean? You don't it's like, that, Yeah, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's not a deficit of that ability. I kind of like this. I'm getting very much Predator vibes. By the way, yeah, he's a guy in Predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. This, my camera keeps coming in and out of focus. I apologize. I don't know what's going on. Huh? Uh, we're back. Yeah, there you go. Um, I gotta step away for one second. I'll be right back. Sure. Yeah, maybe maybe that's like my morning meditation. It's just me scraping out my stubble. I like right. it. I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's In the do cold that. winter, still air. Oh no, for like, sure. You just hear like, that. And again, like I'm, I'm just total. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I like bathe in the river in the middle of winter. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like you just sort of see me like wading out. That's your after over shave. My yeah, 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 yeah. Who is that guy? There's a lot of twine. We don't really know why there's a lot so much of twine. twine on all my gear. I just have an excessive amount of twine. I can uh, see like you bandy yeah. too. It's like you're like just bright white skin, except you know, like obviously. <laughs> no, like, no. Uh, but like okay, but like face is covered in mud and and, and sunburnt, right? Like right. so, it's it's very much the farmer's tan. Farmer's tan, yeah. Uh, arms, face, etc. Just whether it's mud or or, or tan, it's hard to hard to tell because I haven't shaved. Right. You know. Yeah, all right. So are we assuming that everyone is sort of like twenties ish? Is that what we're talking here? I mean, I would assume, you know, like I, I would probably be like very early twenties, right? Early twenties. Okay. No one, no one has like a weird extreme, right? Which is totally fine um, if you want to be. If you want to be like a, a teenager or an older man, that's fine. I just wanted to know, I, just so, just so I can kind of picture them in my head. Uh, okay. No, I was. I'm maybe twenties, thirties. I, I was going to go skew a little higher. I don't think I'm totally nubile. I do like Matt's uh, note that he's actually like a little bit older for a squire, and it would be actually be kind of funny if, you know, like, like he was like a forty-year-old man. <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, like he's not? like our age, oh, and he's like, you know, like still still trying to get that knighthood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's great. That's great. I think that's a, an awesome premise for a character. I yeah. suggest. Uh, yeah, totally. I'm pursuing it. I'll suggest. Yeah, I don't think. I, just on my end, I just don't think you know uh, the hunter profession. I'd be like. A fresh-faced youth. I don't think I'm old, but I think I'm probably you know like road-worn, thirty-something. Got it. Cool. You know. All right. Yeah. Um. Uh. If you have a clear idea, if you end up coming up with a clear idea, just jot it down in your character sheet somewhere. Let me know. Um. All right. Uh. I will. All right. So let's see what we got. Let's see if Matt comes. Oh, there he is. Perfect. Let's wait till he gets his seated, and we'll give you what what is going on in the inn here. So if you didn't hear, the name of the inn is the Clash Dantler. If you didn't jump that down. All set, Matt? I am. Okay, cool. So uh, uh, in the common room itself, uh, people quickly go back to their business um, when they just see it's a, a few more travelers. You see a lot of people that are sort of in your same state in there, right? You see a mixture of both um, travelers and locals. Uh, kind of milling about in the very cramped quarters. It's 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 like abnormally busy. You can tell like all the people that should be out in the streets are in these kind of places right now, just to just to be warm. Um, so um, there's a lot of like basically there's a lot of boredom during winter 
time, basically, right? Um, there's, everything sort of shuts down, right? So um, uh, alcoholism, especially in a town like Prigwart, um, is rife. <laughs> and so the, people get into all sorts of trouble in these, in these months. Um, and uh, so it's a very boisterous crowd as you kind of come in here. So you see the the common room is a sort of grandly rustic. It's sort of run down a little bit, huge thick black beams that just the like the the dark black of it, all the amount of pitch in the in the actual um and the uh, color of the wood itself just makes everything very kind of closed in and dark. Um uh and everything's sort of been divided up into like intimately carved like nooks and crannies. Like there's a lot of like private spaces to Carter's have for like quiet conversations and things like that, private tables. Um, very low ceilings, um, and there's a gigantic horseshoe bar that, uh, uh, the way that the, the document here puts it, I love it, I'm just going to say it, it looks solid enough to withstand a battering ram, like it's a huge, gigantic, solid horseshoe bar. Um, behind that bar is, uh, surprisingly enough, a, a bent-backed, um, sort of enfeebled octogenarian man, like a, like some, he is an ancient, ancient man, um, kind of hunched over. He's got gray mustaches, not a beard, but gray handlebar mustaches actually droop down to his, his chest, but they're kind of wispy and they sort of like, they, every time he breathes, they sort of wisp out from his, from his face. Um, and he's wearing like a shabby black suit and he's in, and he's, um, uh, is, he has a bald pate that's dotted with like liver spots, um, like Gorbachev sort of thing. And he's, uh, and he's slowly trying to, pour beers and give them to customers who are shouting at him to move faster. And you see that what is obviously either his wife or his sister, who is just as ancient, um, an old, old woman, um, is taking heavy trays of steins and beers and spirits and slowly moving her way through the crowded room, like handing them out and being kind of very sweet about it. Um, and uh, they look very put upon, very old, and look like they should have retired 25 years ago, but didn't. Um, and, uh, they don't look up when you come in. Um, and they, they're basically too busy to, to bother with greeting guests or anything like that. And they appear to be the only help, the, the, the only staff in the place. Um, so you, those are the people who are obviously running it. Um, the Clash Dantler, you, and this is sort of what you see. Okay. So if you're kind of in video game mold mode, you could interpret this as these are the people who have exclamation points over their heads, <laughs> but, uh, not necessarily like these things aren't going to be handed to you. Um, if you want to do something, do something right. Um, so interrupt me at any time, but this is sort of like what I'm just going to kind of give you the broad picture of sort of what's going on at the end. So first of all, like I said, you see a lot of, um, uh, traveling types, uh, they're either merchants or peddlers or um, definitely people who are out of towners. But you also see a lot of people who are armed in armor just as much as you are. Um, uh, who look like they could probably handle themselves in a fight or are trying to put on airs that they could do so. Um, you don't know. You're not experienced enough to know the difference between the two right now. You don't even know if, if you guys are that or not. Uh, but you see people who are much like you there as well. Um, and everyone's sort of looking at each other scants like a lot you can tell that not many people know each other right which is similar to the way that you guys are um except for so that, that's basically where you can see the divide between the foreigners and the locals like the locals are all huddled together and looking at everybody else xenophobically while like the actual 
foreigners are sort of like kind of often like little spots by themselves. Um, is there is there any room in front of the fireplace? Uh, not many, but not much. But you can crowd in with everybody else if you'd like. I'm gonna I'm gonna keeping one hand on my purse. I don't want to lose my six gold. Mm -hmm. And kind of keeping my staff close to my body. I'm gonna try and huddle as close to the earth as possible. Okay, so people like <laughs> begrudgingly get out of your way. Um, as you Albert, do, you leave me a spot. Bring you a beer. All right. Right. I'll do my best. Yeah. I'll go to the bar. Okay, cool. Um, make sure you tell make sure you tell them that uh you're you're with Swinney. Young Swinney, they you like me here. <laughs> They'll know that. They'll oh, know okay. Name. okay. Okay. Uh so you what see... I what I get Oh sorry, go no, ahead. No, go ahead, please. Yep. Yeah. I was just gonna say when I get into that crowd of people and I kinda kinda nod and say, uh what time of day is it again? Sorry. Is it like afternoon? Uh, that's a good question actually. Uh Second breakfast. Why don't we roll a roll a d roll a d twenty? I'll do it. Do it. Five. Five. That's actually it was a horrible thing to do. Hold on. Roll a. a PM. <laughs> yeah, it's not five a.m. Uh, let's roll. Five a, no, roll a roll d twelve. A d twelve would be better. Seven. Seven p.m. It's seven p.m. Oh, it's dark outside in February. Yes, it would be. It'd be dark. Yep. Ooh, how toasty! All right, so I, I kind of wedge my way in there and say, uh, "Well met, well met, well met." Um, and then uh, I'm going to try and listen in on their conversations and see what everyone's talking about. Okay. Kind of cool. surreptitiously, just kind of look like I'm warm with my hands and. Gotcha. And All right, in. so you um, uh some you can see that you've kind of there's a, there's a number of different fires first of all like there's a couple of different chimneys um you you sidle up to one of them that is um mostly dominated but what appears to be like a group of local laborers who are relaxing after a hard day of like manual labor um and uh they are basically they they make room for you as they see that you're they don't you don't look very threatening you know what i mean like you look like you're like a you're just sort of worn out from traveling which you are you know and you're also not like armed you know what I mean? Like obviously with, or armor armored. Um, so you, you fall in with these laborers and you can see that they're like, they're wearing like heavy aprons and stuff, uh, that, that sort of thing, or they've got aprons that they've set aside. Um, and they're, they're kind of like lean muscled, like, um, uh, like they're used to like a lot of manual labor, like their hands are like really large and like knobbed and stuff like that from hard work. And they're complaining about, um, the, and, almost impossible work that they had to do in this recent snowstorm, um, which has basically prevented them from working actually recently. Um, but just how hard it's been during the winter. Uh, and they talk about how they are, they just finished this past day, really hard day of carting stone to this new construction site on the Western side of town where they have been commanded by, um, none other than the lady Harrowmore herself, who rarely, once again, rarely interferes in town business um, has been commanded to actually build a garrison for Harrowmore knights, uh, for Harrowmore men at arms to actually station themselves here. Um, and uh, the, the pay is good. They are being paid extra wages because of the, um, un the unseasonable weather conditions. Um, but they do find it strange that they've actually been asked to build this thing during the winter time. And so you hear these stories about how whatever, whatever, why she wants this extra defense for the town. It's obviously something very pressing because she's making them work through the winter time. 
Um, and that's odd, but they're not ones to complain, even though that's exactly what they're doing right now, because they are being paid, they're paying being paid overtime for for the un, unfavorable conditions. Um, they um, they do relate. Uh, they actually ask you um, that uh, that you're you know you're from out of town, aren't you? Have you heard about the news from up at Castle Harrimore to the north about uh, the ladies uh, the ladies young young heir, the Princess Violet? Uh, I did not come from Harrowmore, right? Didn't we come from the south? You came from the south, that's correct, yeah. Okay. My my ears well, I, definitely I, prick up, and I'm listening carefully to this. All right, so okay. uh, the, no. the young squire well, sort of say, sidles in. Oh. Go ahead, Alfred. I just say, uh, sorry, mate. We came from the south. We, we're up from uh, we're up from Dreg. So I haven't heard what's going on at Harrowmore. Dreg. That's <clears throat> a pit of vipers down there, it is. That's why we left. We're trying to find some civilized folk. Oh, you find the right place. We're men of God here. The lady will take care of us. Uh, am I, is my holy symbol the right kind for, for this? Is, is yes. Like a... So what you, the holy okay. symbol that you have is actually called the Revelator, which um, is okay. it's a circle that is bisected <laughs> by a line, and that line continues down. So um, it's basically like like holding it. You can like hold it like a cross, but it's a, like a circle instead of like a T-bar. Gotcha. Where You're do the saying. nails come in? You said it was studded with iron nails. That you don't know, or you okay. can, or you can make it, like I don't know what the what the nails mean. Maybe maybe you do, but I don't know what they mean. Right. Um, okay. Anyways, like, uh, we're, yeah, we're I, I kind of maybe. gesture. I, I kind of gesture like, and I'm holding it and go. I can tell you something. There's something evil in the woods. Evil in the woods. What you talking yeah. about? As we are walking up here. I just had this sense, this feeling that something was not right in the woods. Almost like a sound that was just over the hill. What are you trying to get this old ride up for? I'm just trying to warm my bones here. I don't need any ghost stories. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> mate. Not, not trying to get y'all riled up. Just, you know, keep a weather eye on the horizon, my friend. Right, right. Well, well it's all bad news all around, it is. Well, the Lady Violet, she's a, a six-year-old girl, she see. I hope it's not what you're talking about. Something in the woods may have snagged her. But there's all sorts of rumors that she's gone missing, and the Lady Harrowmore was uh, beside herself. Poor girl. Sweet girl. I met her one day. I did. When I got the job up at Harrowmore Castle. Sweetest young thing. When did she go missing? How long ago? Uh, yes, friend. Tell me this. Uh, how long has she been missing? I've I've been traveling quite a I just kind of look at him like... <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. It's like, ah, no way. Now, there would be, uh, you could tell me if this is obvious or not, because you are wearing cold weather gear. As a squire in service to a knight, um, you know, like you're not just, you would never be like just a free roaming squire, right? Like you would be in service to someone, right? Um, and we, we can make up that name later or that connection, but um, you would be a, a, a squire in service to a knight of Harrowmore. Um, and therefore, you would actually wear the badge of Harrowmore somewhere upon you. Like, it wouldn't be probably on your surcoat, but it might be like a brooch holding your, your cloak together. Um, mm. uh, or or some sort of, like, maybe like a well-worn patch that you have on your tunic. Signet or something. It, would, yeah. be, it yeah, yeah. would probably be subtle, and it would be very easily hidden should you not want it to be. Uh, should you, yeah, should it, you want it to be. Yeah, in this case, it would be something that he would definitely kind of uh, flash or make apparent as he... As he as he steps up. Great, yeah. So um, if you look at the Dolmenwood map, um, you can <coughs> see the Harrowmore insignia is actually the sort of red uh, half checkered one um, on the right hand side. 
Um, that's sort of what yours would look like. And so, but they turn around when they hear you sort of kind of come in from behind Elfric and they, and they, they notice your accent and they're like, oh, we could, right, there's is someone from Aramor himself. You, like you sort of have like that particular Woldish accent that is particular to the region. Um, what can you tell us about it, the Lady Violet? Is she all right? Uh, unfortunately, I I have been on uh, I have been on the road. Uh, I I know not of her. That's it. It's a damn shame. May the prophet preserve her. Bring her back to the lady. Word is is that she got caught by brigands somewhere out west, maybe over by the ruined abbey. That's what I thought you were talking about, sir. As they look over at you again, Alfred, talking about haunts and spooks and spirits and such in the woods. Everyone knows that the abbey to the west is the ruins. Bad, bad juju over there. Now, what we were thinking is that if brigands did catch her, it would be a good place to hide out if they were willing to risk the spirits that haunt the place. No one's going to go bother looking over there, what with the bad reputation the place has, eh? What kind of reputation are we talking about? Bad stuff. Bad stuff at the Abbey of St. Cluid. You haven't heard about those ruins. Some sort of catastrophe happened not too long ago. Well, decades ago now, I guess. Not beyond living memory. But once was was the center of the uh, of the worship of the one true God. And they make the sign of the Revelator. Um, now long... long I, I hope I do the same. They, they, long destroyed now. Long destroyed. No one knows what happened. But every single one of those uh, those monks that live there, gone. Is there a road that goes there? There is, aye. The Swinney Road, out west. Interesting. They point, they point. In does, the uh, Goes directly there. Does the Lady of Harrowmore have any kind of a bounty out for her daughter? She's beside herself. Everyone says that she's been closeted in her chambers and she won't see anybody. But we're got out. We're got out. She's missing. No one's seen her. Oh, well, this, this, uh, this will not stand. It's good that I came back in time that I did. So you, uh, uh, at this at this point, I would say that um, that Argus comes back with uh, some beers, if if you'd like, Argus. Now you you tell me if you do because this shit costs money. Um, yeah, you know, I uh, which we um, will be tracking. I suggest that this is the perfect moment for me to come in with four steins, right? Okay, okay so uh, I walk up. I'm like, uh, <clears throat> oh, is that the the ruins of Saint Cluids you're talking about? It is, mate. Could tell oh, you more. Heard... Could tell me more if you're willing to share. As they sort of like lick their lips with the, <laughs> with the beers. Uh, so uh, this is a good point for me to break in here and tell you that uh, Gavin Norman has done a wonderful job in detailing the little details that make the world so rich here. Um, so right. you have um, there is a number of different uh, uh, stuff that you can get here. What you tell me, like sort of. What manner of spirit you're, you're? Are you trying to just get some beer? Is that what you're trying to do? Like, like good beer, cheap beer? You want some spirits, wine? What are you looking for? You get four real ales. Four decent ales is what we're looking for. Okay, cool. Well, you know the kind that are drawn right from the cask. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, cask ale. Okay, so get brewing dreg. Still has rat floating in it. So, do you want like um, do you want some sort of like a median median cost, like a like a decent one. 
Is that a yes? Yeah, I'll be generous this once. You don't yeah. have to be. I can give you a range. Basically, what I what I do is I have charts of, yep. of the different, uh, both common and uncommon and rare uh, drinks of all sorts. Um, normally, right. in, a, in, 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 in what I'm saying is in any other settlement in Dolmenwood, I would have yeah. to roll to see what exactly was being served. But in Prigwort, everything I'm is almost kidding. always being served. <laughs> right. I mean, Argus is a common guy. He's going to buy common beer. Gotcha. He's okay. probably not going to buy the cheapest swill that they make, but he's just going to get some beers, and they should be in big mugs. Okay. And they should be cold and delicious. <laughs> uh, what I can offer you, uh, I'll tell you the one that is one up from the cheapest. Okay, and that's what's yeah. no, that's what's known as the Barrow Blaster. <laughs> the Barrow Blaster. <laughs> oh man! It, it's that's it's a, a IPA. <laughs> it's a robust ale. Uh-huh. It's streaked black and white, um, and it has a rich iron-like flavor. So it almost has like a hint of like blood in it. Uh, um, and uh, it's uh, it'll cost you nine CP, nine copper uh-huh. per stein. Each. Nine. Okay, so thirty-six CP. Is it copper. the same? You, you could round it up to ten to tip somebody if you wanted to make it really easy. <laughs> Is it the same uh, copper to silver to gold? Yes, exactly the same. 10, 10, okay. 10, 10, yeah. Okay, so this is so basically, basically four silvers? Four silver Holy pieces. Lovely. All right. You, you marked it off? I'm about to do so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we should generally view, obviously, it goes without saying, I'm going to say it anyways, resource tracking is a huge part of the campaign. One of those resources is money, so please be diligent. You're only cheating yourself if you if you cheat on that stuff, so... Or, um, or cheating Ted, as the case may be. Yeah. John, is there a sense that they make food here as well? Is there a sense? It's, yeah, I mean, the, it's, the sense is the sights and smells that you see around you, uh, and there course, is it there. Uh, of course. Of course. Now it's not. It's it's common fare, so um, it's good hearty stuff. But uh, it's better than what you eat out in the wild. That is for sure. Well, uh, what I'm wondering. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to put one last thing about the Barrel Blaster itself is yeah. uh, is that the laborers are very happy to take it. They think you're being very generous. They weren't expecting anything more than some of Pilston's Heartbreaker, of course, which you're, you saw one look at that. You were like, oh, we're not going to go with the Heartbreaker. We're going with a little bit something better. So they're happy to have the Barrel Blaster. Um, and um, uh, it immediately, as everyone takes a drink, the first thing that happens whenever you take a sip is that it causes you to massively belch. Um, and as you drink more of it, it causes more belching, and it um, it also induces uh, what, what's uh, what, goggling, basically. Like, you find yourself, like, staring wide-eyed at people, like, in, 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 in an inappropriate <laughs> manner. <laughs> all right, all right. Nothing new for a Snell Bud Clump. <laughs> oh, um, John, I, I'm afraid I was misunderstood. I thought I was buying four beers for me and my party. Huh? Oh, that's, that's fine. But... If I realize that these guys are chatting up and we've got a little thing going, I can give them some beers and go back. How many of their laborers are there? Um, you don't. You don't Better. have to. You don't have to buy them one. Well, it, it's fine. So you make friends, you know, and I like to make friends. Do it. Do it. Buy them one. So uh, uh, when when you uh, when you go back, uh, uh, tell them to put it on my tab. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, jingle, jingle. <laughs> <laughs> like this small there? little, small little purse. You know? yeah. How many guys was was Alfred talking to? Like well, three? Uh, roll me a d six. No, roll me d four. Wouldn't be that. Wouldn't be a d six. 
four. Okay. Four guys. Four <laughs> more beer. Great. <laughs> All it's right. fine. It's fine. These, these fine lads are uh, uh, in the service of my own house. Uh, there you go. So wait. So 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 um, Halifax, you're taking it that second round off of your tab. Off of yours, uh, uh, he's he's trying to put it on a tab. He doesn't want to pay it all. Yeah, well, well, the the uh, they they might be eighty years old, but they aren't here. idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they, they do demand payment up front. Yeah, it's fine. I got it. They they should they know I'm good for it. Spent eight silver on beers. Uh, okay, cool. All right. Uh, yes. So Snell, uh, you would like some food. You are hungry, and you are not well, used to eating this well. Not just that, but I'd like to investigate the food situation in general because I have a, a notion, uh, which is that I'd like to learn what the local fauna is. If, especially in winter, you know, are they trapping rabbits for food? Do they have livestock, etc.? And, uh, and I guess I could have role-played this, but it's fine. just put it out there. Um, I'd love to have a chat with the innkeep and try to broker a deal wherein if I hunt and bring some game in every once in a while they'll cook it for us basically serve it to us for free and then and take a portion of the game does that make sense yeah yeah totally uh right okay so you just went okay yeah absolutely all right so, so that's passive to whatever else we're doing I just wanted to have a sense of because I have hunting as a skill set and I get a much higher like yep. success rate as a party. Yep. So yep. it'd be nice to like start a relationship if we're going to be around here with them using that skill. So right. I'd ingratiate myself to them and also get some cooked meal for them. You know. Totally. Well, in a place like the Clashed Antlers, serving fresh game makes a lot of sense. You know. Right. That's, that's what I figured. So. I bet there's like chairs here that are made out of antlers. You right. Know? You better be careful no. out in those woods, man. There's something out there. So there isn't a lot of like. It's not like a. This isn't like the fucking rainbow rainforest cafe. It's not like themed for, no. for fucking deer. <laughs> it's know? actually a tiki lounge. It's a tiki lounge <laughs> yeah. only selling run, run punch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like an arcade uh, with deer hunter. <laughs> and, uh, but they have animatronic deer. Uh, uh, what yeah. are these like Bavarian hunting lodge kind of places? Uh, 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 no, it's 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 literally just the moniker. So there's nothing that makes it sort of bespoke deer themed. Sure. But sure. Um, uh, generally, okay, so. Uh, first of all, um, in these inns, uh, the way that it basically works is that there's not like it's not like they hand you a menu and there's like yeah, starters exactly. and entrees. You know, there's basically like two or three things <laughs> that they serve like every day. You know what I mean? Um, so what we can do is, uh, if you want to know what they're serving today, um, oh, I love that. Uh, do they do they have Pika's famous spiced potatoes? That's all I want to know. No, you wish. But there might be a chance of potatoes. Um, all right, Sally, boiled vegetables. Okay, roll me a D eight twice and a D four once. Someone or, or oh David? God. David, it should be one second. Yeah, yeah David. All right, the D eight. Uh, is it sequential or just aggregate? Is it uh, it's it's separate, like two different, two different. Okay, first D eight is an eight. Uh huh. Second D eight is an eight. Interesting. Uh, roll that uh, one again. Okay. It has to be different different meals. Alright. Uh, second one is a three. Okay, so for the main dishes uh, on tap on, on order for today, we have Pook's pudding, which is a suety pudding of mallow and locally foraged mushrooms. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what half of those words mean. Do it is fat. What is mallow? Probably. I yeah. assume it's. They, they they pick that up in the marshes. Oh, the it's stuff. kind of a. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually now that makes me kind of want might me want to look up oh. on Wikipedia where marshmallow actually like the the, the derivation of that word comes from. Um, anyways, delicious uh, plant with hairy stems, pink or purple flowers, and disc shaped fruit. Several kinds are grown as ornamentals, and some are edible. There you go. Wow. All right. So it's sort of like a vegetarian pudding then. Um, mushroom. No, the suet is the suet is basically just fat. Like skimmed fat from like a cauldron of boiling meat. Well, they say it's it's, it's a suety pudding, so I wonder if it's more of like the texture of it is sort of like a like it's just sort of gross and fatty. Like, anyways, it's not very appealing, but apparently it's very tasty. The other one that they have today is trottle mash, which is uh, mashed root vegetables, uh, which is commonly turnip and burdock. I don't know what burdock is, but um, it's a green laced with um, trottling bacon. Trotlings are tiny forest pigs, if you were wondering, um, uh, uh, which, are, <laughs> there we go. which are native to this this specific area of Dolmenwood. Um, they are very tasty. So uh, the trottle mash is, seems to be what everyone is generally going for uh, because it does have oh, yeah. that. Um, I'm actually reading this, and I'm like, that actually does sound pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still uh, hungry. Roll me, the, roll me the D4. This is the, this is the side dish for the day. Sure. D4, I got a one. Ah, one pickled eggs, baby. Hard-boiled eggs preserved in vinegar. Can't go wrong. Ooh. So apparently chickens abound here in, in pre-ward as well. All right. Uh, so as far as... Let me look here for... Um, Widow trotlings are in the area. Trotlings, yes. Trotlings. So trotlings are naked miniature pigs with pinkish-brown skin. I wonder why they say naked, like... Yeah, as opposed to those clothed pigs. Yeah, that's as, good. As, it's almost like a gratu- it's like a gratuitous adjective that like it's kind of disturbing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, porky wool hairless. Right. Yeah, maybe just hairless. Yeah, we'll say that. Naked miniature pigs with pinkish brown skin and the f- oh, this is why. And the fa- they have the faces of petulant toddlers. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Okay, that that puts a worse taste. <laughs> Trotlings, the whole thing. they they rummage through undergrowth, foraging for carrion, whilst making sounds like bickering crows. The flesh is known to be delectable when roasted, but incredibly greasy. So just the tro- trotling mash okay. is fucking yummy. <laughs> Downside, they look like infants. Upside, they're really greasy and tasty. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so um, in in the forest around here, um, there's boar. Obviously, is a is a huge one. Um, uh, there are uh, honey badgers, which are actually active during the winter time. Um, I heard they don't give a shit. They're they're nocturnal. Um, they're uh, you know they're badgers, so they're fucking ravenous and dangerous. Um, white furred these guys. Um, there is a another kind of swine called the merry man, um, which are like these kind of they're miniature golden swine, but they have unsightly curly tusks and long twisty tails. Um, they are actually sort of like the Dolmenwood version of the mushroom, uh, sorry, truffle pigs. So they, they hunt up like rare, um, under underground fungi. Um, there are red deer, which are sort of large, elegant red fur deer. They actually have like longer, more shaggy fur than, um, your typical white tail. Um, 
there are these birds called lurkies, not turkeys, but lurkies, um, ground, ground birds, stiff black feathers, um, uh, big wobbly pink wattles, um, supposed to be pretty cunning, but they're otherwise pretty easy prey. Uh, and then there is the more rare stuff. Uh, there's a, a gigantic, uh, moose that is known to have like this luxuriant purple fur, um, five toed weird, like weirdly like human paws instead of like cloven hooves called the Yegreel. The Yegreel. Yeah. The Yegreel, a Y E G R I L. It's sort of like when people talk about the Yegreel, they're toward, they sort of refer to it in the same manner that someone would refer to like the white stag. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I don't know if you saw if that. You on Reddit. It, does it give you wishes? Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Yeah, it's like that. It's like it's known. Like there's sightings, but no one's ever ever, ever caught one. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but on Reddit, I saw that there there was actually like photograph of a white stag like on the side of a highway the other day, somewhere. Really? Yeah, it was like an albino deer. It was like <laughs> kind of weird. Um, cool. Anyways, uh, and uh, there is also. And this is the kind of t the tales of myth as well. Like they're they're people confuse them as unicorns, but what they actually are, are like white furred deer, deer related animals that have a single horn in the center of their forehead. Um, but it's it's more of like a like an an aberrant form of deer. It's not an actual true unicorn. And those are those are known. They're called false unicorns, is what they're called. And those are also rare. Also very rare. Yeah, yeah. People think that they could, it's like the sort of tale, like it's a wizard experiment gone bare, bad, like the owl bear sort of thing. You know, it's like a yeah. wizard fucked with a deer and now they've got a single horn, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So that's the kind of stuff right. that you hear about. This is from a smattering of different folk, right? Like every, yeah, everyone, just, everyone can kind of tell you this. About it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. How much for a meal, John? Uh, so a meal, uh, give me one second here. Uh, I would like to order the uh, greasy baby. Uh... <laughs> Trottle mash? <laughs> Only if it whines a little bit. Mash. So uh the trottle mash or the um what do I call it? The pooks pudding, pudding um are each three silver a plate. Um the uh pickled eggs are two silver. Each? Yeah, for a plate. Wow. Not, not per not per egg, it's like a side dish. So like you could get a dish of oh. like pickled eggs and like share it if you want. Now, you guys also have I, rations. I so. love that we're actually shopping at a restaurant. We're all like, well, do you guys want to split the pickled eggs? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't run yesterday, so I don't know if I should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go for the suity mushroom mash thing, the suity pooks pudding. Pooks pudding. Okay, cool. Three and silver. I will take off my three silver. Mark and, it uh, off, baby. Very good yeah. money. Oh, man. Sure. Yeah, I'm eating the greasy baby mash, please. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> while while I'm eating my sweetie pudding, I'm gonna go get a glass of whiskey. Anyone want one? Please, that would yeah, be great. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. So get sad. One. It's so sad that you used to be able to ask that we'd actually get all get. It. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You'd actually get me some whiskey, and I would hand. You know, You're distance. All right, I'll be right back. Cool. I will also have the uh, trottle mash. Okay. Um. And I'm going to take a pre quick break too, since everyone's doing that. Okay. Is that okay or no? Yep, yep, yep. That's totally fine. Tote, Perfect. totally fine. Uh, I am going to. We'll call this like a break real quick while I go get another beer as well. 
You're going to pause it, John? Is uh, it? I am. I'm going to attempt to. And we'll okay. be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. We've all taken a piss break and gotten some drinks, and we are back at it. What were you going to say there, uh, Ilfric? I was going to say, once we leave our uh, our doty plebeian uh, work guys behind, let's go to our own table. And then I guess my question is, should we go try and find this kid in the in the ruins? Or is that just going to lead to evisceration? Uh, well, my, my, my friend, we shall not uh, refer to her as just this kid. This is, uh, this is the Princess Violet. An adorable, innocent young child. Settle uh, uh, your ass, my friend. Innocent, a noble's child, innocent, I think not. I spent four silver giving the laborers beer. I'm hoping we can get some more information out of them. <laughs> Before we just d abandon them to the beer. Like... I was hoping we could find out more about, like, is there, you know, anyone looking for her? Is it all just rumor? Is this yeah. what the garrison's about? I'd also, think... I'd, yeah. I'd also still like to negotiate a uh, hunting situation with it before we... But then, yes, yeah, I think we should get a table and discuss next. Absolutely. I, I'm only going to say, guys, this is why it takes us 15 sessions so to do a dungeon <laughs> call. Uh, because well, you're going to well, go... I've, only, I've only dropped one rumor, too. <laughs> yeah. Mike, but to be fair... We're playing a pretty open-ended thing, so we have to yeah. be very proactive. No, no, we should definitely we should definitely set up in town as like some sort of truffle hunting pig providers instead of going and finding the kid that's stuck in the, the ruins. Let's go do that. Come Mike, on, we can do both. I'm saying, <laughs> I don't care about the truffle pig thing. That was well, that was, off, <laughs> that was off. That was off record, so no one no one knows what we're talking about right now. We are hex crawling through winter. As poor people with very little rations, <laughs> anything we can do prior to being in the middle of the wilderness starving, <laughs> so I think it's it's you, useful. You, you're negotiating basically with. Yeah. Um, you find out that the that the proprietor's name, the the older gentleman, um, it is yeah. indeed his wife, and they are co-owners, and they they are their last name is Jongle, J O N J E. <laughs> well, well met. <laughs> uh, family Jongle. Yes, uh, and, and his name is Blino, B L I N O. All right, and he's like. Well, young sir, I can see that you are. And he's like, he's like shaking as he's like trying to pour beers. You know, it's just kind of a sad situation. Um, and uh, I'm not going to draw it all out, but he's, but uh, he he is uh, very keen um, as much as he can be on on you doing this. Absolutely, like it, it it's hard enough to get game during the winter as it is. Um, and any sort of fresh meat that can be brought in, he would be very appreciative of. Um, he does make note that you are not the only one to have made this offer, and you mm -hmm. see him sort of like, kind of point out like there's, you can see there's, like I said, there's some other people that, you know, look like they are as capable, you know, if not more. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, but uh, he does, ha he basically does have a standing agreement that anyone who brings in large game, large game, right, um uh can that that the night that they basically bring it in they can basically eat for free from that game um and uh they would also get like a cut like they would get uh you know a, a, a small stipend for bringing it in as well that's awesome yeah now rabbits and like small game and stuff like that they're not gonna like let you eat that right like you you would basically get like a like you would get a fee for basically bringing in the meat sort of thing sure. Sure. yeah sort of a trapper's fee type thing right 
Now, off the top of my head, I would I, like me as a DM. I don't know what that would be, but it would be fair. Like when they when he gives you the terms, they're fair terms. Like they would, you know. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can sort of accept that. Yeah. Now, anyway, so shall we get back to the main thread? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, so at the at the at the table with the laborers, um, uh, uh, I still Argus, have some questions for them. True. Yeah. So what they basically tell you after you sort of ply them with beer, and there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of burp smell going on around the table right now. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of belching. As it should and, be. <laughs> and you, you guys notice, and like you're like, you see everyone else's eyes like start to get like a little bit wider, and everyone's just sort of staring at each other. Like, you know, like everyone's eyes are like abnormally wide as you just start plying beer. Um, and um, they tell you uh, basically, they are st- they're they're fairly stunned that you don't know. The, the the general story of the Abbey of Saint Clu uh, of Saint Cluid. Um but uh, you as players obviously are not expected to know that. But they they peg you as outsiders. Now what you're about to hear, um, uh, Halifax, you've heard before. So you're the only one where like okay, what they're saying basically lines up with the stories I heard as a kid. You know that sort of thing. You still don't give them any credence really, but they they they, they do line up with what you've heard. You know yes. I wouldn't have heard this living in drag. Uh, yes, you would have too. Actually, yeah. Okay. Um, it does seem to have. It seems to be given more weight here in Prigwart only because of the vicinity, right? Yeah. You had you had, drag is a hard town. Yeah. Drag is one of those towns where they don't really have time to think about. Like it's just automatically dismissed as like, like I've got bigger fish to fry. You know what I mean? Like I got problems of my own right now, and I don't need to hear these stories about the ghost, the ghost ruins of the Abbey of Saint Clair or the fuck it is up the river. You know what I mean? Like you know, um, but uh, yeah, you vaguely heard it too, too. But you, you basically laughed it off. For Halifax, it was more like the stories from child, from like uh, treasured stories from childhood, right? Um, um, and if any, if the rest of if either of the other two of you decide that you want to be from Dolmenwood, just you know, just let me know. Like I said, I don't want to focus on background that sort of thing but if it comes across that you feel like you would be better as a native of Dolmenwood that's totally fine we can figure that later anyways what you generally hear is um Saint Cluid himself all right is it is the most important saint in Dolmenwood Saint Cluid is the patron saint of Dolmenwood because he is the only one of the hundred saints of the Peleetic church that was actually martyred within the 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 bounds of Dolmenwood itself and where he was martyred was at the site of the Abbey of St. Cluid, right? At the time, thousands of years ago, maybe hundreds of years ago, as I can't remember the timeline right now, but a long time ago, St. Cluid apparently fought an Atticorn, which is a uh, demonic, nine-legged, uh, evil-twisting, black, you know, evil-twisted version, of, like a black unicorn, like a thing from like the unseely court, like a horrible thing, a chaos being. Um, and they fought, and they and they fought their way through the wood itself, culminating in a, a climactic battle amidst a ring of standing stones. And the rumor goes that these standing stones were placed at a junction of two ley lines that crossed, which is where all you know all the good stories about standing stones, um, otherwise known as dolmens, arise from. Uh-huh. Um, and they. Uh, and they fought amidst this ring and the two basically fought to the death there and they both died and uh the Atticorn was was wreaking havoc across all of dolman wood causing chaos everywhere death everywhere and um he basically saved everyone and gave his life um um, to all the peoples of dolman wood fairy and mortal alike and uh so he was raised up 
a canonized and a, uh, a huge sprawling abbey was basically built on the place of of their death. And that became the source of the that became the uh, source of the church's power within Dolmenwood itself. But then hundreds of years later, even though it was tended by, you know, the the grave of St. Clude, in the crypt, I'm sorry, the crypt of St. Clude, which was underneath the ruins themselves, was tended by these, uh, by a specific sect of Cluidites, basically, uh, mm. monks, uh, over centuries and centuries and centuries, something happened in the catastrophe, uh, some sort of horrible event happened at the abbey itself and laid the ruins to waste, killed all the monks within, and, uh, and no one has ever dared to enter or anyone who has dared to enter has never returned from the ruins themselves since and everyone gives it a wide berth now so the swinney road which connects all the way up to fort volger upon uh lake longmere which is the gigantic lake in the on the map um uh swings around the uh elevated uh hill that the ruins sit upon but everyone, but you know, then there's like a rocky path that sort of winds up the hill towards to the ruins. But everyone gives that a wide berth. Um, so, what these laborers purport, and this is this is purely what they think may have happened, right? Is that um, Violet was kidnapped by brigands, and there is word that brigands in the force like to hang out near the ruins because they know that no one's going to fuck around with them there. Um, but it takes a specific kind of brigand. To want to do that, right? Like you've got to really be like a desperado sort of. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna, if 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 you're really going to um, quell all those rumors and actually, t you know, it, you know, and and uh, camp near the ruins themselves. Now they are. It's sort of like one of them is like swears by it. Like this has got to be where Violet is, and some of the other ones are like, all right, let's be honest here. We don't really know. It's just that what when and so when you're able to sift through the facts there, Argus, what you're finding out is that no one really knows what happened to Violet. She's almost definitely gone. Like it's pretty it's pretty obvious that she is not like hiding out in the castle or something like that. She's gone. Like she has uh, something something has happened to her. Um, the major threat during the winter time are brigands who are desperate and usually cold and starving. Um, and so they think that the most likely scenario is that Violet was taken by brigands and that the most likely scenario for what brigands would do is camp out near the Abbey and hold her for ransom. But nobody has heard anything about a ransom. Not yet. It has not, yeah, it has no. not been that long and travel does take a long time though. So it's maybe only a few days since this happened. Uh, How long ago was she missing? Yeah. It's like a week or so. Okay. So that's why we haven't heard about it down in Dreg. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. True. True. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I got one last question for these guys. Because mm -hmm. I've never been to this abbey. Um, when they built it, what happened to the dolmens? Did they build it around the dolmens or next to the dolmens or? They look at you like, no, they they tore them down. Those are pagan. It's idolatrous towards the wood gods. I mean, of course they 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 tore them down as they should have, and they built a abbey on top. Good, good. I was just wondering, yeah. like you know, maybe that was they did something foolish, and yeah, they tore them down. Okay, good, 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 good. Wait, we talk about ley lines and geomantic power and all of this other sort of heathen nonsense, you know? Oh no, 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 no! Gold steel as they burn in your face. <laughs> right, guys, gold steel, huh? Am I right? Um, you, uh, you've also heard that the only thing that um, 
that uh, the people of Prigwart love more than spirits is God. They are they are they are a pious people. I have one other thing um, to sort of pry about, which is the reputation of Lady Haramore and whomever the parents of this child are. Mm -hmm. Are there any whisperings about? I don't know. Do they have a reputation? Good, bad. Careful. <laughs> uh, they actually have nothing but good things to say about. Um, the, the house hair more themselves other than the fact that they'd rather not be working um, the uh, let's see here so in other the, words there wasn't any like conflict known to be no you know, not that you know of no and the lady herself um, and of course of course Halifax know this um, she is a widow so it, it's just her she's the only one that rules um, gotcha. and she is known to be a um, uh, a great mind like she's a, a student of uh uh, renowned, she's a renowned expert on the history of Dolmenwood, and people actually often travel travel to her in order to just get questions answered. Sometimes, like she's known as sort of like a renowned sage, actually. Um, uh, but she um, she likes quiet and she likes solitude. She likes to live a quiet life. That's why she doesn't really involve herself in pre-war politics and stuff like that. Um, um, she's known to be pious as well, um, but sad and melancholy. Uh, for some reason that no one really knows why. They, most people attribute to the fact that she lost her husband. Um, um, and, and no one really knows the circumstances as well. Now, the rumor um, is, uh, what, well, besides the Lady Violet missing, what everyone, the talk of every, on everyone's lips is, uh, uh, concerning the Lady Haramore, is why is she building this garrison in town? Why is there a demand oh, for a stronger yes. defense? And, and how long ago did she uh, order this built? This was uh, ordered about a year ago, and it's, it's been oh, a a okay. it's been in construction since. Um, you guys have not the, the direction that you took to the the crooked uh, the the uh, clashed antler has, did not bring you into contact with that garrison, so you weren't able to tell. But according to what they what they told tell you is that it is um, it is nearing completion. Is what they tell you. And do we know how her husband died? Or uh, no, there's there's plenty of rumors, but no one really knows. Um, they 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 basically do like a like they 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 make the sign and they curse or they spit or something like that when they re, they relate that some people say that she may have done it herself, but they they just like they're like those kind of people aren't worth your time like you know don't listen to those people she's a noble lady All right. you know All right. uh, yeah they they, they everyone say everyone in her life just keeps disappearing so noble yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously the reason why this woman is sad is because she also hears the death whispers from the forest. Sure. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm really. <laughs> who, who brought this guy here? <laughs> I have to say, I, I'm, start, I'm starting to take a couple steps further away from Hill. Yeah. This guy is yeah. really hurting my vibe over when, here, man. When <laughs> you guys hear what I've heard, you'll understand. Uh, yeah, well, when you when you deal in the demons' arts, you know, you invite the voices. Uh, and by the, by the way, Elfric, uh, the more the more that I'll you're drinking, you sound like you're coming from your mug. The more you're drinking the barrel blaster, the worse your headache is getting, and and the more pronounced the sounds are. Like it's it's not driving you to distraction, but it's it's like you thought that you know having a nice drink and just relaxing would make it better, but you're finding that the alcohol is actually making it um, a little bit more um, present in your mind. All right, I set my mug down and I push it away. Like fuck this. All right, gotcha. I'll finish it. Uh, well, all right, so at this point when you guys are uh, sort of winding down to talk about the Abbey and stuff like that, there is this old local, 
right? Like this this old guy um, who is basically stripped down to nothing but like his leg, like his uh, his uh, long jong underwear, like the flap on the ass sort of thing. Um, and he is like reeling drunk, and he he pops up on top of the horseshoe bar, and you see um, uh, Bellino sort of stumble back. Um, it's like, eh, what's going on? And then you see him sort of roll his eyes like, oh, God. Um, and you, you see him go, he goes, Althwit, get down from there. And Althwit sort of bats him away. Althwit is probably only about 10 years shy of uh, Blino himself. Like, he's, a, he's, an old, he's an old guy, but he's like an old drunk. And uh, you see, like, a, the strangers in town, including yourself, sort of look at this in sort of, like, amusement and confusion as he jumps up on there. But you see the locals all start to sort of, like, smile ruefully. Like, they sort of roll their eyes, too. And, they, and they're like, all right, Althwit, give us a tale. Give us a tale. And he's like, have you heard the one about Sir Windless and the Worm? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. and they're like, ah, and they go back to their drinks, and they're like, it's like, good, I knew you, it's the first time for everything. You know, and of course, they've all heard it a thousand times. I'm not going to relate to you verse by verse the story of Sir Windless and the Worm, but he basically tells you this drunken tale um, that uh, none of you guys have actually heard before, including you, Halifax, about uh, the uh, the rarely talked about, except in pre-wart, who appears to be the town hero. Whose name is a knight is a knight of House Harrimore known as Sir Windless. And windless or Windlass, like windless, or like the sailing, the sailing thing. Yeah. Uh, so, sir, is that how do you pronounce it? Is it Windlass? Do you actually say Windlass? No, no, I was just exaggerating for spelling purposes. Gotcha. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you just say Windless, right? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, that sounds right. So, uh, you know, once upon a time, uh, Sir Windless was. Uh, there was a great yellow bile worm named Kazobrithe. And, uh, you know, yeah, so there was the, the yellow bile worm Kazobrithe. The yellow bile worms are some of the worst breed. Um, was terrorizing the forest all around Prigwort and actually preying upon the people of, of Prigwort themselves, having breached the walls, had run rampant through the town, destroying buildings and killing people and stealing sheep and children and all that kind of good stuff. And the only person that could stand up to him was Sir Windless. And Sir Windless and the Worm actually fought a battle in the town square itself, near to the death. And uh, when Sir Windless uh, was near death, he finally was able to uh, use his great sword and nearly decapitate Kazobrithe. And with his head almost flopping off, the worm itself retreated from town. Sir Windless mounted his steed and chased after him southward into the forest, and neither of them were seen again. And the tale goes that Sir Windless, uh, of course, defeated the worm because the worm, uh, Kazobrithe, never again uh, haunted the forest itself, and so Sir Windless is hailed as the hero of the town, um, despite probably having met his end at the hands of the Great Worm himself. Boy, that sounds a lot like the story of St. Cluid. I'm noticing a theme here. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the it's the it's the way we heroes do. That's right. Whoa. It's a typical fairy tale sort of thing, thing except this one is is not like religious based, right? It's this is more um, just like a, a, a local wandering knight. Um, actually, I should say it was actually not a knight of House Harrimore. It was like a hedge knight. It was like a, a an unnamed 
you know, like a, a wandering knight that kind of wandered into town and took up the, 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 the town's plea for help against Kazo Brythe. I'm sure he was trying to get in good with Haramora. That's, uh, you know, that's just the, what he would. So they, uh, they basically shout him down after they've heard this story a thousand times. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. And he, he goes down and, um, has his drinks again. Um, uh, you notice also, I'm going to run these off real quick and you can interact however you choose. Um, the doors open again and you see that there are three imposing figures that actually come in with the cold. These guys, um, everyone does get quiet for a split second, unlike what they did with you, which they quickly dismissed you. These are three ducal knights. These are knights of the Duke of Brackenwald himself. All right, so this is the... the the uh, uh, you know House House Haramore is actually one of the vassals of of you know the Duke of Brackenwald. So um, these oh, are twenty. So go yourself. <laughs> Say again. Go on. I'm telling Swinney he should go up and introduce himself, make friends. Come on over, bring him down. So oh, there's he, a there's a time for everything. So there's there's three of them. Um, there are two men and one woman. Uh, the, one of the men is much older and has um, large, has a uh, long uh, salt and pepper handlebar mustache. And they're all wearing uh, heavy cold weather clothing. But when they take off their cloaks, you see that they're wearing surcoats, white surcoats. And on the surcoats is emblazoned the um, heraldry of House Brackenwold, which you can see on the map there. Um, and it's like a, a, a large, you know... Uh, shield basically on their on their surcoat that they proudly show um they don't uh, they they appear extremely capable but they don't appear like they're going to throw their weight around right like they come in and they basically go right up to the bar and they basically um are very they they appear to be very polite to blino and sepestra sepestra is the um is the older woman yeah, but they they basically motion for for blino to come in close and they talk in a very hushed manner to them and you see that it is the woman who is the much shorter of the three, but also seems to be the one that's basically running the show, um, is the one that's uh, basically seems to be questioning, um, uh, questioning the 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 innkeeps, uh, and uh, basically all all the all the hush talk is about like the arrival of these ducal knights. Basically, is what's happening um, uh, around the same time. You. I have a feeling that they've always been there, but you didn't quite notice for some reason is a very strange and sort of menacing looking little figure that seems to be sort of, uh, uh, walking carefully around everybody. Uh, he's a black robed figure. He's about like, um, if they had halflings, they would be halfling, but there is no halflings in this wood, but they're about that height, right? Like the height of like a, like a moss dwarf, right? Um, about four feet off the ground, completely wrapped in, in black cloth with like a black ruff around their neck with a black cowl and just a sharp nose that kind of juts out from the deep recesses of the cowl itself, completely draped in black, including the tiny hands that they have. And they, um, uh, this, this strange creature pulls out from its sleeve what appears to be a scrawled piece of parchment and goes up to one of the black oak timbers that uh, supports the, uh, the, the common room and takes out a tiny little hammer and just goes pink, 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 and nails this letter to the post. 
and everyone sort of looks at him strangely. Although you see that it's usually it's mostly the travelers that seem to be looking strangely rather than the locals. The locals seem to take it in stride. But it appears to be like a written note that's like attached to a post. And you see like a lot of like the adventuring types sort of all kind of look at each other like who's going to be the first one to go take a look at that note. Right. I'll do it. Uh, right. Okay. And then um, <laughs> uh, the last thing that you notice um, of note, basically, um, that seems to be standing out is that you notice that there are two um, older, but you wouldn't say like like elderly, but just like more mature um, and handsome rather than beautiful women that are dressed in uh, uh, very nice finery. And the reason they stand out is not only because of their beauty, but because they are each wearing something similar, even though their dress is very distinct and unique, um, is uh, they are wearing a silver torque around their neck. And that torque is in the shape of a uh, silver eagle with two heads facing outwards. Um, everyone seems to be giving them a wide berth uh, based upon a mixture of fear and respect. And they are uh, both uh, drinking what appears to be a dark stout beer um, out of Steins. And they appear to not be enjoying it at all. Like every time they take a sip, they're like, <laughs> like they like smell it and they're like, and they kind of talk to each other and they look like extremely displeased with what they're drinking. And they, and they, uh, and they really stand out because they are dressed like way nicer, way nicer than anybody else. But, that's like but, me when you give me an IPA. <laughs> that's what I'm drinking right would, now, actually. <laughs> would Halifax have uh, recognized these women? No, you don't know who they are. But they did. But, I, but you do. do I know that like, symbol? We, I'm sorry. Say again. I'm sorry. Do I know their symbol? Their hawk symbol. You guys. Are I'm not. the smartest person in this bar. So. Yep, but it's all your your smarts are based upon your your education and your recent travels, and none of them speak to what this what this means. Um, you also, and lastly, uh, before you decide upon what you want to do, uh, approaching from out the door that leads to the back, which is the beer garden, right? You can hear a loud, boisterous, sort of chanting, singing, uh, s sort of coming towards the bar, like, like a large group of people sort of loudly coming from that direction instead of like the front door from which everyone else has entered, including yourselves. But, that, but whoever it is has not arrived yet. All right. Sounds good. Um, are you really going to read that note, Mike? Because if you don't, yeah. I will. No, I'm going right. to go over and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the note. I'll put my boots up on his chair when he gets up. You're going to do what? I'm sorry? Put my I'm boots read the note. on the chair when he gets up. You're going to put your boots on the chair? Oh, you're just yeah, going to... Up, putting my boots on his chair. Gotcha. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, all right. I thought you were like going to give him a lift up or something like that. I'm like, no, oh, that's you're so uncivilized. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, what do you expect right. from a guy from drag? Yeah, exactly. No manners at all. Uh, Argus puts his feet up as the wizard uh, shuffles over to the post and takes a look at the at the note. Um, so you saw that after the the little black creature posted the note, it just simply casually, but with some with 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 speed. Made its, made its exit out the front door and into the cold again. Um, anyways, the note says this. Very clear writing. And it just says simply, Seeking those skilled in the arts of retrieval. Substantial pay. Inquire at Bag Manor. I like it. I can I'm going to 
I'm gonna rip the note down and shove it inside my cloak. Okay, you see like a bunch of like hands sort of like, uh, and they go back to do it. <laughs> awesome. First nice. come, first come, first serve, baby. Um, yeah, and uh, so uh, I would go up to uh, uh, the knights um, who uh, came in. Yeah. Uh, the ducal knights. Mm. Um, uh, would uh, bow and uh, uh, introduce myself of a, a squire serving knight such and such of um, of our uh, of our house and uh, um, uh, it is uh, it is uh, good to see that you've made these uh, travels. Is there any way that I uh, that I may be of uh, service or assistance to you? Ah, oh, it is good to see a young squire of House Harrimore here. This is. Um... This is the younger of the two men, his, um, and he introduces himself as Gestevin. It's basically Stephen with G-E at the beginning. Um, and he and, uh, says, someone of uh, some culture, I suppose, and these surroundings. And he he kind of, from any other person, you would kind of take it as, like, that's extremely demeaning and condescending. But he, cause, he just kind of has, like, this sort of disarming smile, which is sort of like, he doesn't really mean it. He's just sort of being, you know, tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah, he he um, kind of laughed. Uh, Kestifer sort of like uh, uh, the other, the older man, I should say, introduces himself as Kestifer, which is K-E-S uh, and Christopher, basically Kestifer, um, uh, sort of snorts out a little bit of like foam from the beer he was drinking and laughs. Um, and uh, uh, he says, indeed, is it is a pleasure to meet you. And you introduce yourself as Halifax and all that sort of yes, stuff. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, In service of the... Blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Uh, it says, I've heard the rumors since entering town about the poor Lady Violet. I do hope that that is... I do hope the poor girl is all right. I am just in from travels myself, and I have also just heard that it is very disturbing, very disturbing. Well, unfortunately, that is not the reason we're here, nor, nor do can we spare the manpower to take care of it. So hopefully the doughty men of House Harrimore, and he sort of raises an eyebrow at you, will be able to uh, assist the lady in this manner. I'm sure that a knighthood would be in the making for anyone who should bring back the Lady Violet to safety. Indeed, I have thought of little else since I heard of this uh, tragedy just a moment. Ah, that is good. Well, I'm sure that uh, there are many able hands here that will serve the Lady Harrimore and, and her efforts. Um, may I introduce uh, our commander? This is the Lady Beth Milda. And he nods towards... Beth Milda, who is um, basically picture like Brienne of Tarth, um, sort of in that way, but um, a little but prettier, right? Like she's um, she's that kind of build, like she is built for war. You know what I mean? Like she's even more built for war than probably the men are. Like Kestifer is getting on in age, and Gestevin is like almost a little bit too young. He's actually Gestevin is actually younger than you are because you're like an older squire, <laughs> yeah. which probably oh, is sort of like a little bit uncomfortable for you. But, uh, a little underachiever. It's okay. It's okay. I'm comfortable with this. <laughs> but Beth Milda is like in the prime of life, um, and you can see that there is like a canny look in her eyes. Like she, like she is not only strong, but also like she knows shit. Like she's seen shit and she knows shit. Um, you know that whole rant I gave you about like, you know, uh, maneuvering your ability scores, like you can put intelligence in to be, even though you're a fighter, that sort of thing. She's like one of those who did that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so uh, she's a cool character, and she she smiles at you and nods and, and pays you respect. And she says, uh, 
I am so sorry, but I do have pressing business over at Bag Manor, and I must excuse myself. Uh, my my companions here will, of course, explain why we are here, and I do wish you the best, uh, uh, Master Swinney. Um, uh, and she takes her leave, and she exits the door. Kestifer, he, he bows very respectfully. Yeah. She's she's polite, but also much less friendly than the other two. Right? She like she paid she did the due respects, but um, she obviously there was like a worried look in her face. Like she, she had some business that she needed to take care of. Like she heard something from the innkeep and needed to go. Um, okay. uh, anyways, Kestifer and Gestevin basically tell you that um, they are here on extremely important business of the Duke himself. Um, and normally they would be, uh, they are part of the household guard of the Duke at, at Castle Brackenwald, but they have been sent out because they are looking for a member of the Imperial Institute of Physics and Sorcerers that is a traitor. Someone who is wanted for sedition and theft of ducal property. And they have reason to believe that they may have traveled in this direction. This is a most serious crime. And we, uh, the Duke has permitted the grand reward, dead or alive, for Miss Marjoram Griver of 2,000 pieces of gold for her whereabouts. My ears will pick that up from across. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can, this, we can yeah, buy all the beer we want with that kind of money. That's amazing. <laughs> radar. It sounds uh, uh, very serious indeed. Obviously, he sent his uh, uh, very best men to take care of this. Um, uh, well, we are more of a reconnaissance mission in order to find out where she she may be lying and then determining the level of threat that she may present and what she may do in order to keep the property that she has stolen, what length she may take. Um, it's a very dangerous situation because she is one of the elite casters of the Imperial Institute known as the Prismists. Very dangerous folk. Normally, under the control of the Duke and sanctioned, I should say, very rarely, very in rare, very rare instant, uh, very rare circumstances by the church themselves. So, if when one goes rogue, it is a problem for the entire duchy. Absolutely, I completely understand. Is there some kind of uh, description that you could share, just to, in case in uh, our efforts, if we were to come across such? Uh, such an individual, we might uh, be able to advise you. We ourselves have not actually laid on her, but we have been given description that she does not appear threatening in the slightest. She appears to actually be a middle-aged woman of of unremarkable appearance, of unkempt, graying hair, rather plump appearance, actually. But we are uh, we are have been given the information that she can change form at will. And that she may be trying to deceive you at any point. Now, uh, the word that we have heard is that she may... Uh, let me double-check the notes that I have received so far upon my travels. <laughs> uh, let's see. Just checking my checking my notes, in other words. Let me check my here. Um... Yes, so they have discovered that they, from talking to the people in town, 
that a person of that description was actually seen not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, coming through town itself, and that she did stop along the way at Bag Manor. That's the way we've just confirmed from Master Jongle over here. And so we have uh, Beth Milda has gone to inquire upon the consulting sage, which apparently lives at Bag Manor, in order to find out what exactly he may know and may how he may be implicated in her crimes, perhaps, if she if he has aided or abetted her. Serious indeed. I'm sure if I'm sure if he has, he will find uh, uh, nothing but justice. We should hope. We are all in danger should we allow this uh, rogue prismist to continue to run wild through the forest itself. She must either be slain or brought to justice back at Castle Brackenwald. Uh, Strange. So, what, uh, what, what, just, you know, what, whatever could uh, uh, lead someone to such, uh, such traitorous behavior. It's, greed. Uh, greed is what it all comes down to, young Swinney. Always be mindful of that in your future uh, adventures and travels. That it will bring you nothing but pain and lead you down the road to evil. Trust in God and your Lord. Indeed. <laughs> wise, wise words. Um, so I should say this is a good point uh, that I should bring up with Mike, with Aelfric. There are two... Uh, so basically, uh, wizardry is viewed... Um, like casting spells, arcane magic is viewed as like uh, heretical. If you read my if you read my thing on like the Paleolithic Church, it's like one of the prescriptions um, is I think it's like the, the seventh commandment or something like that is is thou shalt not like truck in forbidden lore sort of thing. Like right? you know what I mean? Like so, all all wizards are like you're not supposed to fucking do that kind of stuff. Like the church condemns it wholesale. That said, there are. There is one institute, which is the Imperial Institute of Physics and Sorcerers, which is actually sanctioned by the church um, and um, is under the direct control of the Dolmen itself. So that so the Duke runs the branch of it that's here, um, which is headquartered in Castle Brackenwald. Um, it tends to be the more of the two that I'm about to describe. It tends to be like the more um, uh, regimented school sort of environment um, studies and theoretical magic and stuff like that. Um, and because it's like very hierarchical and regimented and there's courses and all that kind of stuff. It's viewed as more of like an educational facility rather than like, you know, deep studies of forbidden lore and like, you know, sacrificial rites and stuff like that, you know, um, now that shit probably happens down in the basement, but, <laughs> but, but, on, <laughs> but on the surface, it seems all like right and good. And so, and because of the service that they provide to the Duke and because the, the human nobility is usually, uh, their goals are usually aligned with the church's goals. Um, church is willing to, to, to um, uh, on paper, forgive them right, they, right. In, in all in all reality they'd rather not deal with them at all but but they're they're okay with them the other one is the enchanters guild and the enchanters guild is the more mercenary business uh you know uh, business-minded profit-making um one and but they are so they're 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 not aligned with um, any sort of political faction they are wholly independent and they are strictly there to provide services for people um, whoever can pay gets their services, but it is it is a guild like any other guild, right? Um, you have to pay your dues and all that kind of stuff. But it does tend to attract more illusionists, right? Um, and uh, and less like invokers, like sh shall we say? You know what I mean? Like it's much more 
um, enchantments and wards, like abjuration, enchantment, illusions, that sort of thing, like more harmless magic rather than more like directly fucking with the forces of nature, you know, that sort of thing. You know, that's that's what they're more about. Um, it's the kind of stuff that you would pay for, right? Like like setting, right. putting an alarm system in your home. <laughs> it's like where you would go to the More potions. Before. Yes, exactly. Potion making is a big part of it. Yeah. So if if my point being is if you would like to be a member of either of those, you can just be a member of the one of another one of those. There's no there's no role playing or like going up to that point where you would have to join that. You can be a member of the, one of those now. If you do not, you are considered to be a heretical hedge wizard. If you if you you know if you show your skills or are very obvious about what you are to to a member of the church, they they're going to confront you or they're going to be scared of you. You know, one way you know what I mean. Like you're you're going to be considered a heretic if you, if you don't align yourself. I like the idea that maybe if I'm an absconded apprentice, I started out with the Enchanters Guild, but now I'm leaning more towards the church. Thus, I've got that holy symbol with the nails driven through it. Okay, yeah. So I kind of like that one. So I'll I'll go with the. Wizards for Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're the, the, the Wizard Science Monitor is a weekly publication. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I'm going to turn you into a toad with the power of God. Wow. So you, do you want to actually be, be like a guild member with benefits or you want to be like an ex-guild member for whatever reason? I would like to be a, a, an ex-Enchanters Guild person. Okay. Who then ran across the street and joined the uh, church's guild? Right. Well, oh, oh. So you want to be like an ex enchanter's guild, but then end up with the imperial institute? Yeah. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Now the imperial. What I'm saying is, it's sanctioned by the church, but the church has nothing to do with them. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. It's, it's not like it. it's not like the members of the imperial institute are pious. Like you're a weirdo because you are pious. Right. No matter what. That's fine. I'm, I dig it. I'm a weirdo. I, I love it. Okay. Cool. All right. So you're in, right. you're imperial institute, but you were ex enchanter's guild. Yeah, got it. Okay, so just make sure. my my master, my my the master I was learning from, he was into some bad things. Gotcha. So maybe I even turned him over to the other guild, <laughs> and then they <laughs> went, you know. Nice, love it. All right, cool. All right, so you want to mark down that you're um you are Imperial Institute now. Um, I shall. That will probably give you, um, some sort of mark or papers or badge or something like that 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 identifies you as such. So that you can quickly show your, your, um, what, what, what do you call those? Your, uh, credentials. Credentials. Thank you. Your, your credentials to, uh, uh, to, uh, oh extremely God. pious clerics. Please and let you know your, your that wizarding I wizarding license. Yeah, yes. please let me know that I can just tell people I'm on a mission from God. That's all I want to know. Mission from God. I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, so, round table, let's discuss. Round table. Round table. All, uh, this, this meeting of the recently formed order of the, the Dolmenwood has come to order. Uh, Mike, I believe you called this meeting. I'm sorry, Alfred, you called this meeting. Did you, you have some particular thing you wish to say to the assembled company? You have yeah, talk. we need some cash. We need cash badly. Where oh, can we get yeah. cash from? <laughs> Wizard cash. needs cash badly. It's cash badly. All right. I like to look at that uh, that note from Bag Manor. That that sounded yeah, pretty good. I liked it too. Right up until we found out that there might be an evil high level wizard that's like 
hiding in the basement or something. Sony hasn't told us that yet. I'm thinking like, yeah, back there. That's great. I I can retrieve stuff. Uh, well, uh, Swinney would come back and ad- and advise of this this uh, this uh, you know, situation at, uh, at Back Manor, but uh, he uh, his his priorities now are, are still uh, with the Princess Violet. Uh, he uh, uh, yeah. yeah, evil traitor. What uh, you know, whatever there is, this there's you know, it's it's freezing cold, and this 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 poor young princess is out there. You like saving little little kids? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Like saving little kids, do you? I could, I could go along with that, I guess. Uh, it does sound pretty heroic. I never did anything heroic before. It feels really good. Uh, so I imagine I've heard. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Hunter? You think uh, you'd be up for uh, going for a long walk in the cold and maybe finding uh, some brigands and. I don't know. I'm just speculating here, but stabbing them a little bit? <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds just fine to me if it puts food on my well, table. Can we, can um, we make... I do motion. We... Sorry. What is it? Oh, Arcane One of Wisdom and, and Puissance and Power? No, I'm sorry. I'm wondering if we need to go swing by the manor house and maybe look for some information there before we go trotting off into the woods to die. Bag manor, you mean? No, not Bag Manor. The Harrowwood uh, Castle with the, the Lady of Harrowwood here. Back in with the uh, the yeah the, the my lady's day, people. That's a day's journey or so. Yeah. Yeah, it's extra time and cold yeah, she weather. Has, she does not live in town. She lives upon yeah. the craggy Six rocks of the Groaning Lock. Yeah. Well, Six I, miles I, away is a is a morning walk for people like us. In that snow. And this get, cold. And we get to roll for weather again tomorrow. Only get the ten <laughs> coats. But that's all you get. Well, I say we just go ahead for the uh, Abbey. Even if we don't find the the little miss, you know, we stab a few brigands. Uh, is there a bounty on brigands? Can we bring back their ears or something? Uh, you you don't know. You would assume that people would definitely be pleased if brigands were brought to justice, but you haven't talked to anybody in authority, nor have you talked nor have you talked to the guard, the town guard, or also, how do you know it's a brigand's ear? I'm just that curious. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's, well, written. A, it's a, written on the back. Before we do any business with these local townsfolk, perhaps we uh, should move to have a name for this uh, adventuring party of ours. I recommend the Thunderclumps. It's <laughs> <laughs> like total non-sequitur. We need a name. <laughs> <laughs> to be taken seriously, and we that name need is a name. <laughs> yeah, to be taken seriously, we need to call ourselves the Thunderclumps. That's, Time is precious, know. lads. We need a name. <laughs> There's a lot in the name. The forest respects the name. I, I think we have to accomplish something before we get a name. Uh, yeah, to be to be known for for deeds as opposed to a, a word. Yeah, snow mud clubs. Snow mud clubs accomplished a lot. In his I name. don't want to do the kind of deed that gets me the name Thunderclub. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever that entails. <laughs> Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I pass. Different game, please. <laughs> but yeah, I think we should. Yeah, we just kind of like gotta just you know, man up and do the job. I think, uh, and then and then we'll build a name for ourselves. 
don't know, dude. I, I mean, I'm running around with four hit points and a shield spell. That's it. It's all I got to offer the group. <laughs> you also need to pay for a room for the night, by the way. Yeah. How much is that going to run us? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. Uh, Can I just sleep on a bench in the common room? Where are you? Where are the, the staples for... Okay, so um, for rooms, you, you, have a, you have a number of different choices, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Towards all manner of income... Um, if you want a the cheapest thing you get, common room floor at nighttime once they shut down, uh, for one night is five copper pieces per person. Fine, gold. Wow, that that's what, it. You just want what to is, what is, what's something more fitting? <laughs> then there is there's a shared room which is two beds, so you can split this amount. It's four silver, so it would be two two SP per person for a shared room. A private room, all by your lonesome, is eight silver. And what's unique about the Clashed Antler is that they have these dilapidated, yet private, cottages out back in the beer garden, um, they, uh, which also comes with a free continental breakfast in the morning. <laughs> that cottage. That is your, that's, it's private and your own. It's a little run down, um, but, uh, but it is your own. And that, that will actually house six people. That's for a gold one gold piece, but it does house six people. So that's like five silver each. No. No? Two and a half silver each. Two and a half silver each. Yeah, sorry, yeah, two and a half silver each. So yeah. relatively it's yeah, it's it's like a little bit more expensive than a shared room, but you get a lot of more a lot more benefits. Oh you get uh, breakfast we'll in the morning. The room, thank you. I will take the common room, thank you. <laughs> the, well, the, the wizard's room. like Fuck your uh, fluffy blankets. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking broke. I don't know about you guys. No, Snow Mud Clump is actually already <laughs> dozing off in the uh, in the chair, <laughs> and he's he's snoring. All right, so, um, just here, just here in the... of arms. We should. Well, uh, this common room is not for the likes of us, is it? Is it? No, it is not. Let's get a room. No, there's absolutely not. All right, swing and I'll split a room. You're gonna split uh, split a room? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so yeah, you each. Is for a shared room, it costs four SP, so it's going to cost you each two SP. Okay. Got and it. then for Snell and um, Alefric, it's going to cost you guys five CP, which is 0.5 silver. Um. Uh, be aware. Uh, just I just want to head this off at the pass, um, so we don't get into this. Um, there is no working around. Uh, room fees, like right, like if you're back in town and you have to, if you don't have like your own place that you own. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to pay the, the fee. Like, there's no, like, I sneak out back to the stables and, and you know, rest in the hay. You know, it, it's just just for ease of bookkeeping. If you stay a night, you got to pay the fee. You can tell me yeah. what, how much you want to pay, but that's it. What if I had no money? What if I am destitute, John? Then you, then what? Then you lose hit points from Ooh. sleeping out in the cold and shit like that. I only have four hit points. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> once again, a driver to go get money. <laughs> it's all part of the gameplay well, loop, I, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm, there for the, I'm here for that. That's fine. That's right. So far, we've been eating our way through our, our hit points at this point. Your, your so goal is to get go rich, and my goal is to keep you poor. That's that's the way it works. <laughs> uh, uh, Do a great job. Sounds like teamwork. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, this sounds like real world. This is too like real world for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> You're enjoying this entirely yeah, too much. Exactly. Uh, okay, 
So um, at this point, what you guys are discussing, like you know, which which thing you're gonna, are you guys leaning towards the Lady Violet? That's what I'm kind of hearing, but I don't want to lead you down. Now you have like an open ended. You don't even know what the quest is at the Bag Manor. All right, there's a couple of things apparently going on over there. Uh, uh, Bag Manor is in town. Like it's not a travel to go check it out. Yeah, we need to check that out, man. It, it's literally on the outskirts things. of town, but on the eastern end. You guys are at the northern end, outside of town. Bag Manor is directly outside. Of town on the eastern end. Yeah, I think the accessibility makes it foolish not to at least check yeah, it out. Okay. It's a good point. Well, un- as long as it's kind of like on our way, right? It's not. It's the opposite direction. Oh, I mean, However, it's, it's still within town. It's not like no, no, no. It's it's just outside of town. You don't right. have to travel. It's like not a thing. Right. Not a big deal. But, yeah. Like if we're gonna get murdered, let's just get it over with quick before we slog through the woods for like two days. So we do, <laughs> we do we do have to quit um, pretty soon, so we'll have to make the final decision next time. But I do want to do this uh, one incident that sort of happens. Be like as you're all like, let's go check out Bag Manor just before we bed down for the night. So you pay like your fees for the night thing, but you're like, sure. you know, before we go to bed, let's just go check out that manor. Um, so it's good b- before you do, as as you're getting up your gear and you're putting on your clothes, you see like the back door like burst in. And like a whole group of like rowdy, mostly young men, but there are a couple of young women as well, come barging in, like a bunch of like roused about like drunkards basically come uh, barging in, and they basically come in, they throw their weight around, they throw their their snowy cloaks off, and they basically um, head directly towards like a corner of the bar, which uh, a corner of the common room, which quickly empties out of locals. Um, uh, who kind of shy away in like sort of a little bit of fear and resentment, um, which is obviously like their local spot, right? Like what these these people that come in are like. Um, they all are wearing like um, sort of shoddy blades and weapons that are like unsheathed, but are like put through like their farmer's belts sort of thing. Um, and they're just kind of like a lot of braggadocio and like, you know, like, 20 something like I got all my shit together I know everything about the world and they they kind of come in and they kick up their heels sort of what like Argus did but in a much more condescending manner and they snap at Sepestra. Sepestra's 80 years old right <laughs> she can barely carry a tray of drinks and they're like come on Sepestra, let's get some drinks over here um, and the person who's calling it out is this sort of uh, well let me get the description specifically because he's an interesting interesting person he's Sort of an awkward, pudgy man, and he's a little bit older than everybody else. Like, you peg him like he's probably in his early 30s. Like, you can tell he's significantly older than the rest of this gang, right? He has unkempt, wild, blonde hair that he shakes the snow out of uh, as he kind of throws back his hood. Uh, blonde hair and a beard that's sort of like unkempt and scraggly. Um, and But you notice that the pudginess and the bloated face, it's not from eating a lot. It's not from a soft life. It's drink, right? The man drink is like early onset alcoholism, right? Like, um, and uh, just like unhealthy looking, you know, glow to his cheeks. Um, and uh, he's sort of got this kind of high pitched, sort of nasally voice. And he's like, Come on, let's get some drinks over here. Um, and you see Sepestra, and Sepestra actually, her eyes like lighten up and she goes, Okay, Ostish, no problem at all. No problem at all. Coming right over, dearie. And she goes over, and, and um, everything's, like, real quiet now. Is like, all the locals... The travelers don't know what to make of it. Like, all the adventurers and all the other travelers are like, what the fuck are these people? The locals are, like, real quiet, but they're sort of, like, looking at them, like, underneath their brows, like, with, like, just, you know, like... Like, they, they can't stand these people. Like, they know them, but they can't stand them. Um, so everything's real quiet. 
So Tepestra goes over to Blino. She goes, Blino, Ostrich is back. Do you see Blino? Do you, do you see Blino that Ostrich is here? And uh, Blino's like, I, I, I see him, dearie. I see him. We'll get our grandnephew with some drinks. Just one moment. And he like starts to pour like a big, big round of drinks. And they're like yelling at them to go br- to bring the drinks faster. Um, and you see like all of these guys. All these people, these young men and women, are sort of like scanning the crowd, like they've like with their arms crossed, like we could, you know, doing like the Fight Club thing, like I could take you, I'd fight you, I'd fight you, and they look at they look at each of you, including everybody else in the room too, but each of you like in your eyes, including Ostish, like looks at you in your eyes and like sizes you up and like, I could beat you in a fight, I could beat you in a fight, you know that's that sort of thing as they keep as they keep doing that. Um, and then eventually they get their drinks and they end up just sort of talking to each other and laughing through, um, and they're really loud about like what they're talking about. And they're basically, uh, talking about like how they went into the woods and how they're taking care of brigands and they, how they're, they're protecting the town and that, um, they're not going to let any shorthorns or longhorns get their, get their hooves in this town. We'll chase any of those goat folk out of here. Um, the nag Lord will have. We'll get that. We'll make our. We'll march our way north to the Nag Lord himself and hang him upon a, hang him on a pillar, you know. All this like, shit that they're gonna do, you know, to protect the town is sort of like the vibe you're getting. Um, so that's sort of and the like the whole mood of the clashed antler like completely changes when these guys arrive. People start leaving. People get like real quiet and huddled over their drinks. And like the gaiety and the uh, just the community of being in a warm place together and having a good time, like just like kind of fades away. And you can see that this is something that happens regularly um, at the Clash Antler, and it's usually like the sign, like, okay, night's fun is over, like everyone go home because mm. now it's like Ostish's place, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, and that's also like sort of like your cue too. Like, unless you want to interact with them, like, you're like, all right, let's go to Bag Banner and <laughs> let's do our thing. Now I kind of wish I had memorized ventriloquism so I could just make this guy's ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how many of them are there? Uh, let's see. How many are there? Uh, give me one second. I can actually give you a roll for that at least. Give me one sec. Um, why don't you roll 44 for me? And that's how many actually show up tonight. You had to ask, man. You gotta ask. Nine. Nine, okay, so yeah. Nine plus Ostish. And we'll say that, like, two of them are are young women, and the other seven are young men. All, like, 20, 21. Like, like too too young to know better that they're being, like, yanked around by this asshole who's basically onset alcoholic. Wow. Uh, Right, so that's the deal. So, we'll, um, uh, it's about that time, so yeah. we shall end it tonight, um, and uh, we'll pick it up next time, just assuming that you're making your way to Bag Manor to pick up that final sort of uh, rumor thing, and then you guys can settle on an actual um, uh, way to make some money, I assume. It's not too late in the evening for us to go to Bag Manor? I'm sorry, say it again? It's not too late in the evening for us to go? No, I would say, like, well, it, it you don't know. You don't know what hours Bag Manor keeps, but sure. um, I would say, like, all of this probably took... No more than two hours, so at the latest, it would be like nine p.m. Yeah, right. Well, and the, and their guy just pinned up the the note, so that's true. Right. Yeah. But yeah. but but all the talking and getting the rumors, working out the hunting deal, that whole thing, I would say would take at least an hour or so. 
um, talking, yeah, okay. to, talking to the knights and everything like that. So we'll just say it's like 9 o'clock p.m., and then you can make your decision based on that. You can at least go there and just suss out like the grounds, right, to see what it actually looks like, even if you're not able to call upon whoever happens to be living there sort of thing. All right. Sound like cool. a plan? I love it. Cool. Yeah, Perfect. sounds like a plan. All right. So, everyone, uh, thank you for watching. Um, thank you for the recent subscribers from the first video, and we're hoping to do a lot more of these. Um, and uh, we will hopefully see you very soon. So thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Tell us in the comments which hook we should follow. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Let them make that decision themselves. <laughs> Player agency, folks. Player agency. <laughs> thanks, and uh, see you later. It doesn't matter. We, we don't listen to directions anyway. <laughs> thanks, John. Bye, thanks, John. Bye.